Today on Movie Rollers, we talk about A Quiet Place Part 2, Cruella, and In the Heights. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yes, you as well. Movie Rollers is your regular dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. Airplane, if you love the movies, this show is for you. It's because you changed a word. Yes. I did that last time. Did you? Did you not notice? No. I did not either. No. Oh, well, no one listens to me clearly. No. I just, but I feel I'm like just here to introduce the show. Correct. <laughs> this is a bit that you That's kind not of. That's a fast- bad thing. No, but this is a bit that you fast forward over. No, I don't think it is. I think, I think you have a. <laughs> I don't know. You, could, you can fast forward. People... I don't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> Damn it! All these <laughs> All years, you, I've years been suffering. Yes. Listening to me. How and many years of our life? We're together again. Yay! Yeah, it's good. Um, it's so nice to be able to record in person. Yeah, because we can feed off of each other's yeah, and visual clues and feed ourselves. Yes. Yes. As some cake looks at me banana nut cake. I know and and we have the the, log. the child the love child of Nutella and cookie for for that we should Instagram this because this well, is there's not going to be much left I know but this makes terrible podcast, I know I'll like, take a picture right so, now so um it is a I'm going to butcher this but it's something called Majani that we picked up in Italy um and that's oh. not Italy but it's Italy in LA there's E-A-T-A-L-Y e- yeah uh Italy uh, and they've got them in New York and places like that. But anyway, uh, we picked this up from there, and it's called a Majani Il Chocolata del 1976, which I think... <laughs> oh, recipe is Italian. Anyway, this is milk and gianduja. Gianducha. Okay, hazelnut chocolate with gluten-free biscuits and chopped hazelnuts. And it is so indulgent. It's so good. It's ridiculous. It's really so good. good. It's ridiculously good. So, yeah, take a picture of the label. Please. Oh, yeah, that looks better. Yeah, okay, I'm taking a picture um, of the label. Yeah, because we... And Instagram it, please. Yeah. It's our, it's our recording food. So we are all on a sugar high. Yes. Yes, and buzzing. Which bodes well. <laughs> yes. So, three movies. Yes. Should three we just, big ones. Should we, should we just... Um, Summer is here. Feet first. Yes. Okay. Why not? So, why don't we start then... As we introed with A Quiet Place Part 2. Okay, so I'm introing this one. This is um, following the events at home. The Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Um, Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. So this um, has many of the um, people from the first one, which is Emily Blunt, the wonderful Millicent Simmons, Cillian Murphy's new, John Krasinski, and Noah Zoop, who we all like, um, and who seems to be growing into a fruitful career, which is nice. Um, This is directed by John Krasinski and also written by him and two others. And then there's a whole host of other people in this. So... What do you guys... This has been a, a very anticipated movie. So this was supposed to come out last year. And then John Krasinski very famously pulled it and said, I want people to experience this in a, in a movie theater. And it's our first screening back um, in, a, in a theater again. So mm-hmm. uh, what did you guys think of The Quiet Place? Yazdi. Shh. <laughs> um, I loved it. I, uh, it's, it's a very, very tight film. It is. It ended much quicker than I thought it would, and I would. I would tell most people, just go watch it. Don't even listen to our podcast because it's very difficult to talk about it without, you know, spoilers. So, um, I just, you know, I I was worried that John Krasinski only had like one good one in him, mm. and especially, you know, if you're asked to do a sequel, you know, most. It's 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 a very very high bar because you cannot have the sequel be exactly like the first one, because then it'll be samey samey. But at the same time, you kind of have to give people what they've come in to watch, and I think he does that very effortlessly. It's very tight. It's well acted. He wrote and directed it, uh, and so I, I'm a fan. I I can't wait to see what uh, this team does next. And I, I have lots to say about the movie, but I I I. 
I loved it. I really okay. did love it. Yes. Joe. Yeah, anticipation doesn't get much higher for this one. Quiet Place, I guess now we have to call it A Quiet Place Part 1. Never was Part 1, but there we go. Um, was a surprise to me. Um, it was a magical movie for many reasons, but none, of, none, none so much as the kind of spellbinding effect it had on an audience. It was such a unique experience to see that in the theatre, that pin drop silence... Nothing, I can't remember any, quite anything quite as, as mesmerizing from a kind of theater experience. So expectation was very high. My favorite film of that particular year. Um, and yeah, this one delivers um, more of the same. And sequels are really hard to do, as we've always said, right? You have to do a movie that's twice as good for it to be received half as well. And it's quite an achievement that this movie uh, executes on everything that you hope. It's not quite as magical this time around because we know some of the tricks that the movie played and employed but i mean it really is a very fine effort and i i I enjoyed the hell out of this movie okay so i think a more quiet place or continue being quiet or a quieter place would have been better titles than a quiet place part two but that's just that's just (laughs) me um it's really good but it feels a little incomplete at the end and i can see why john krasinski wanted to do this movie because Millicent Simmons is truly the star of this show. Um, But to me, it just feels like episode two of a four-part miniseries. So I'm a little irritated by it. Um, But I love the tension. It does all the things you said really well. Um, I love the introduction of Cillian Murphy. It's inventive. It's scary. It plays like a horror movie. Um... I think it's almost as good as it just didn't rise to as much greatness for me. Um, for, for me, it did. And I think for different reasons, I think if it was a, a rehash of the first one or just like you said, a part two, I mean, the first one was very, very claustrophobic because yes. it all happens pretty much in that one, one location with Correct. a few exceptions towards the end. But I think there's a lot of things which they made a decision to kind of, do differently in the second one. And by the way, I think John Krasinski had gone on record saying that the first one was, you know, he thought it was a lightning in a bottle. It would never happen again. He did not. He thought it would, it had ended just as, as best as he would have wanted to. So he really did not want to create a sequel. And I think ultimately they kind of, you know, beat him down and he, he was able to come up with, with a plot that he thought was good enough. So I think it's not a cash grab. Well, it's always a cash grab, but I don't think it's as obvious a cash cash grab. I think there are several things the movie does, and again, I'm going to go into spoiler territory. So, and I'm not going to give away plot details, but I'm going to give I'm going to mention a few things conceptually. I think the movie real in this in the second part it completely opens up. The first one was in one location, yeah. pretty much. The second one is all over the place. There's multiple locations. We also get to see the creatures up front closer there's a lot of close-ups of of the creature and it's it's fu- and of the creatures and their mouths and so forth yeah um and i think i think this is the most maybe spoilery thing but i'm going to say it i've warned people enough i think the first movie was about more than anything else those those monsters could have been anything but it was about how much a parent will do to protect their kids yeah like what's the extent you will go to that was my take and i think it was so effective because it was well written and tied and all of that, but I think it was also because it kind of appealed to you know people's protective nature of you know these my, these are my kids and I'm going to do anything for them, and I think in the second one, uh, he being the scriptwriter has decided that this one is going to be about well okay if they have made it through this, and if the kids have to survive the second one the second movie is not about the parent or parents it's about the kids yeah so I think there is there is enough things different for me which was kind of interesting for me to see um i love the way the movie begins i i was surprised the way the movie ends but the more i think about it the more perfect it is um so i i kind of i kind of you know when i'd first watched aliens in in theater in india i remember halfway through the movie I got so anxious that I was like, I, I was like, when is this movie going to end? I cannot bear it. I was so anxious. I was yeah. looking to leave. And I got like, not that same level, but I got a little bit of a mini dose where I was like, this is making me too anxious. Uh, so I think 
that's always a good measure because I think we're so, you know, jaded by, you know, these tropes. Um, and and lest, lest it seem, uh, lest, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, I think the anxiety is raised because he doesn't take any prisoners, right? Everyone mm-hmm. is on the line right. because we know that, well, by now you should have Major seen. Major characters. Right, yeah. I was going to say, you, not, not a, plot, a plot spoiler, but um, certainly the fact that, you know, he dies at the end of the first one. Um, you know, you don't know who's next in a sense. So I do like that. Um, but, but I don't know about you, but I just found myself thinking about the fact that we do. I like the fact that we see the monsters, but I just kept telling myself, how did they get from wherever they were? to earth so, with that sort of so I mean this is a movie yeah. that is riddled with plot oh, holes oh absolutely yes. I was gonna, you, that's what I was going to say okay, you yeah, cannot sorry, yeah. this, this movie simply doesn't stand up to, to any logic. sort of scrutiny yeah. of logic you know I mean the, the first movie to me was quite ridiculous when when I took a step back from the experience of it I was like so you live in a world where the slightest noise can get you killed and you decide to have a baby? Well, I mean... Like, what... No, the, no, no, you know, no. That, I, I think I know, she was I already know. pregnant by the time the aliens landed. I don't think they got pregnant No, because they the... lost a child. Correct. Right? And then time passed. And who knows? Oh, yeah. Okay, but either maybe. way, yeah. right? I mean, to me, it just seems to be a very strange set of decisions that these people would make and how they live and where does the electricity come from and you know all of these kind of things like the the movie doesn't make sense yeah. from a you know a completely coherent logical um analysis it doesn't it's all about the experience and, and essentially what is a gimmick which is noise will kill you so how do you set up little traps and puzzles and and this movie did that again too which was really nice where it kept setting up these little um scenarios of we know what's going to come here right we see we see a door that could lock uh that contains an airtight space and you're like you see the mechanism that keeps the door open you know i'm like oh well that's going to trip at some point but it's lovely the way it sets up all these little things that then play out and you know and give you and give you those moments but it, it's for me it's a, it's, a, it's an experience movie i mean yeah, yeah it's more like a ride at disney it I is feel like it could be like an epcot center it's exactly that right um i think it's it's a little more than that but yes definitely at, at a very at a very basic level it's just one series it, it's it's a series of action sequences which have been put together yes. if you will at, at yes. and then you connect the dots saying okay this action sequence happens on this island this one happens here so how do we connect the two and you know so it, you can almost write the plot by creating the action sequences first but I, I don't fault it because it's so effective yes. I fully agree I think the major criticism to the movie especially I've been reading some reviews of this is people are really annoyed that you know even after you sleep on it the next morning you'll be like wait a minute there's so many plot holes in this <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know the very fact that these creatures just even even if they hunt by sound and they are they move really quickly even then I find it hard to believe that a creature can get anywhere on the planet where anybody makes any noise because there's so much, you know, there's so much noise which happens even in nature. So it doesn't hold up very well to any kind of logical scrutiny. But, you know, I, I kind of am, I kind of willingly kind of uh, turn a blind eye to that. I do like a couple of things which I want to point out. Again, I hope that nobody who has, who has, who has wanted to see the movie is listening to us. I hope they've gone and seen the movie first. But there's been a lot of talk in the press about the way the movie opens. And I'm being very careful um, John Krasinski originally wanted that whole thing to be a single take, but they just realized after several tries that it would be very difficult. There's so much going on in that. But the way he's, and I wrote this and I didn't even realize it after I read some reviews, there's something very Spielberg-like in that original yes. opening where this whole town is yes. being created with characters and families and how they're interacting with each other. It's very wholesome. It's Americana. Correct. But it's not tacky. It's it's very believably wholesome. Yes. And I yes. think I, I, I just was in it from that very first scene. So I really loved and I would have liked to see that. It, it kind of becomes a prologue and then that's all that comes of it, which is fine. It kind of gives you a little bit more explanation. So I really like that. And then the other thing I absolutely adored, and I don't think it was a conscious thing 
and I hate to bring this up, but I was reminded of Christopher Nolan. God forbid I bring up Christopher Nolan. Oh my but, God, yes. Dude. But Christopher <laughs> Nolan did this thing in Dunkirk where there are three, he's done it in a lot of movies. He always plays with time where there are three stories playing out for three different characters. In Dunkirk, it was happening on a different time scale as well. Here they're happening on the same uh, time scale, but it's edited so that you're seeing three different characters are in jeopardy with very different kinds of jeopardy and it's very nicely woven together yeah to the extent that he kind of repeats that later on in the movie and it did not wear out its welcome i was yes. like oh yeah. it's being done again so very tightly edited very nicely yeah, put, I didn't put notice together the editing. and normally i don't notice editing in terms of story but this was this was very good no it's like a room full of mousetraps yeah right and you can see them all being set up and placed and then you kind of watch them all go off and again it, it's very satisfying in the way it does that yeah it's also exhausting and i want to say that this movie was really quite physically demanding like granted this is my first time in a theater for a long time it's definitely you know for a movie called the quiet place its use of sound and not just silence is remarkable. We were in one of these Dolby theaters with like mm-hmm. a kick-ass sound. Yes. And, and you were telling me that the system was in the seat. So yeah, I literally so it, was feeling... Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Our seats were vibrating. Yeah, yeah. I think they kind of place subwoofers in the rows so that you, you not just see the sound, but uh, hear... Who sees sound? You, know, you don't just hear the sound, you feel the sound. But um, that was so powerfully effective that it, it did actually feel like a physically demanding movie to watch for yeah. me. I mean, I was exhausted by the ending, and it's a very short movie. I was you know, just getting relative the time to, running, yeah. Um, yeah, one hour and thirty-seven minutes. Um, but it, it's it. It was. I'm glad it ended when it did because I think again, if it had gone on longer, I would have. It would have worn out its welcome. But as it was, it was just a fun time. Yeah, and I just wanted to say I loved. I mean, I said it before, but. Cillian Murphy is a really good casting choice in this movie. Um, Post-apocalyptic apocalyptic Cillian yeah, Murphy. Yeah, like, yeah. Really good addition. Yeah, it, 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 it's not an obvious choice. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it's, it, it's a major gift to him because, you know, you know yeah. Yeah, no, performances I mean, all around are fine in this movie. Yeah, They're yeah. really... I mean, Emily Blunt was a standout for me in the first movie because of the scene. Everyone probably who's seen the movie sees her, you know, in a bathtub giving birth. Or just you know, the nail in the foot. Stepping on a nail yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. not to scream. You know, yeah. All of those, you know, she, she was just so on point with all of those type of, of things. Yeah. Everyone does really fine work here. So wind up and give a score, please. Nine out of ten for me. It's wow. um, it's easily as much fun in the theatre as the first movie. It doesn't stand up to a lot of scrutiny. And Rashmi and I uh, watched rewatched A Quiet Place on the weekend prior to going to see this because it it's a movie that I it, I, I watched in the movie theatre, loved, enjoyed, immediately ordered um, the Blu-ray of, and then promptly put the Blu-ray away for fear of having for fear of ruining the experience, like I, I wanted to keep that memory. It was so precious to me of how, how much I enjoyed the movie. So when we rewatched it, I really do think it lost a little bit because, you know, in the colder light of day and in, in, the, in the inevitable analysis and the comfort of your living room, it's not the same thing. What I'm going to say with this one is, for God's sake, see it in a theatre. You will be doing yourself and the movie a huge disservice to see this in any other format, but... I loved it. Nine wow. out of ten. Okay, yes, Lee. Yeah, I was my my one big complaint is that I wish Krasinski had held his ground. I think he eventually just lost with the studio because he was able to put off the release of, because they were ready to release this on streaming platform like a year ago. And yeah. he, and I think uh my fear is I've I've recommended to a lot of my friends that, you know, this movie's worth heading out into the cinemas for. And everybody's like, oh, no, I'm not ready to go to the cinema yet. So I think even though the movie is done exceptionally well commercially, I think it, it would have been an absolute blockbuster. And I hope that by the time October or November comes along where people are more ready to go to the cinemas that they can still watch this. Because like you, Joe, I think this movie needs to be experienced, you know, on a large screen with all the sound. And again, um, he repeats it. And I've forgotten how effective it is. You know, there are certain times when 
it, it's about the Millicent Simmons character and the sound just turns off and you kind of hear yes. what she's hearing. Yes. And I didn't even realize this. It's not completely silent. You can hear just the slightest hint of, you know, what's in the background. So it's really more sophisticated than just turning off the sound. And so, you didn't specifically say it, but the character is deaf. The character is hearing impaired. Yes, she's deaf and she... So anytime things are happening to her up close, you are hearing what she's hearing, which is nothing. So it's, it's very, very effective. I, I was very tempted to give it a 9 out of 10 as well because it's just, I mean, it's near perfect as a popcorn movie. It's pretty darn perfect. But I'm going to back down to an 8.5 and, and then back down to an 8 again. But I would be very surprised if I'm going to watch a better action movie this year. I know the new Bond movie is coming and so forth. It made me anxious and it was it's just so tight. Um, you know, there is it's so lean. There is no fat on this at all. I like this kind of stuff um, and you know it's it's the right level of horror where it's horror which doesn't make me lose my sleep but yes. it just gives me the goddamn great ride. I just came out of it very happy. Uh, a very, very, very stingy 8 out of 10. Yeah, and for me it's a 7. Um, I, again, I agree with what you guys are saying about you know, please if you can you know, go to the cinema, support the cinemas. Um, they're clean. Um, and, you know, you have to wear your masks and all of that stuff. Um, I like that it kind of mirrored the isolation we've all felt over the last year as well. Um, so I'm glad it kind of has some of those elements. But, um, yeah, it just, I think it ended too abruptly. And, again, I just get this feeling like the story moved forward a little bit, but not enough. And I'm worried there's going to be even more The Quietest Place coming. <laughs> so I just worry about that. Um, so, and, you know, again, I would just say, shh, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's very clever how it ends and we don't, we're not going to discuss it, but I think it, it's, it's, but, it's good enough to stand on its own. If, yeah. If, if a third movie but, never, was never got made, it tells you enough to know that what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. And because we rewatched part one. Yeah. Th- that first movie also ended Perfectly. Really abruptly, yeah. Because you know, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. spoil that one because you know, statute of limitations and all of that on part ones. But I mean, you know, it ends with the knowledge that these undefeatable monsters can be defeated, yeah, in some way. Yeah. And that that was a perfect ending because you know the Emily Blunt character cocks a shotgun and then it cuts. Yeah. And it, this movie does a similar thing, right? It reveals a new element to the story. And then your mind immediately sets off with all the possibilities, but then yeah. it ends. And I love that. So good stuff. Yeah. Okay, on to something quite different. So we'll talk about the movie Cruella next. So Yazdi? Yes, so Cruella should need no introduction, but I will do it all the same. Uh, you know, Everybody, I hope, grew up with uh, the 101 Dalmatians animated movie, one of Disney's most beloved movies. And Disney, in its infinite uh, lack of wisdom, is, you know, (laughs) (laughs) uh, doing these origin stories and, you know, live-action remakes and whatnot, and they're really raiding their, their vault and trying to see what they can do with it. So in that endless pursuit, they have decided to make a live-action origin story of the Cruella Deville. Tell uh, us how you really feel. <laughs> Cruella, <laughs> Deville, Cruella Deville story. Um, and it's, they, they reached a very unlikely source to direct it. And it's director Craig Gillespie, who kind of uh, burst on the scene first with the movie uh, Lars and the Real Girl. With, I uh, love very, that movie. With a very young Ryan Gosling. Yes. I love that movie. That was his, one movie. of his first movies. And since then, he did Finest Hours. He also did Million Dollar Arm with um, John Hamm. It was about the guy who goes to India. Oh, yeah, that was quite good. It was quite good. Yeah. And then I think most recently, he got Oscar nominated and, and got a lot of fanfare with I, Tanya. Um, so it's the Varied same director. movies. Yeah. Very movies. So anyway, he was uh, uh, recruited by Disney to kind of do this live-action prequel for a young Cruella DeVille. And I must confess... Shame on me that I did not realize that Deville is just devil. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's devil written as Deville. Of course it is, yeah. Um, so uh, the movie uh, is directed by Craig Gillespie, as I said. The writers are Dana Fox, Tony McNamara, um, Al- Aline Brosh McKenna, Steve Zissis, and Dodie Smith. 
Uh, and Dodie Smith is the original writer of the 101 Dalmatian story. Uh, <clears throat> the chief in the movie uh, is Emma Stone, playing the role of uh, the, young, uh, the young girl who eventually grows on to become uh, Cruella de Vil. And uh, the young girl is by the name of Estella, played by Emma Stone. And there is another Emma Delight in the movie, and that would be Emma Thompson, who plays her rival and arch nemesis and her undoing in the movie and you know there's there's no giving away by saying that almost the entire movie is a catty meow fight between the two emmas emma thompson and emma stone but there is a very good supporting uh, supporting cast in the way of joel fry and paul walter hauser putting up really good British accents as Jasper and Horace, the, the two friends that uh, Estella or, or eventually Cruella grows up with. Uh, and then Mark Strong is here as well amongst many, many other actors. So uh, is this necessary, Cruella? <laughs> so it's funny because we, we, we were fortunate enough to get a screener of this. And Yazdi, I think I crossed paths with you at the gym and um, you asked me, have we watched Cruella yet? And I said, no. And I said, is it worth our while? And you kind of gave me a... I said, yes. You, you kind of gave me a nod and a wink. And I was like, okay. So I said to Rashmi, let's go watch this. So um, not a lot of high hopes, to be honest. But I thought, if Yasti thinks it's worth watching, then let's, let's spend the time watching it. Um, and you hated it. <laughs> I thought this was brilliant. I really do. This really? movie um, is so... No, perfectly entertainingly funny. Emma Stone here is living her best life. And I want to say that the whole um, premise of this movie is, it's a little shaky, right? This is an abstract character, an origin story. But to me, this is going to sound like absolute sacrilege to a lot of people. But to me, this is what the Joker movie should have been. Yes, amen. Amen to that. Yes, may I I say that? I'm like, when I look at the origin story, it's fun. It's... It's naughty, it's salacious. They're straddling a kind of a fine line here, Disney, because this is a kid's movie and they get a little... The, the character wants to be a little <coughs> naughtier than... Uh, oh, he has the... <laughs> smashing things in the background. No, the character wants to be a little <laughs> naughtier than, the, than a kid's movie would really allow. But they straddle that line really perfectly. And I've seen a couple of reviews of this that are all over the place, right? Some people are like, you know, what are the... I just thought it was so much fun. The the, the the two characters, the way they go at it, the plot twists, which are genuinely surprising to me, mm-hmm. the way that it all kind of unpacked and revealed itself, um, the the use of the fashion narrative, you know, I mean, people are going to draw comparisons with Devil Wears Prada, stuff like that, but... Um, you know, they. Uh, I, I saw one review where they actually, you know, they spoke about like the the fashion, the costume design that is put to, has been done by somebody who who knows real fashion. And I know nothing about fashion, but it it was convincing enough and innovative enough. And and so the whole thing to me was just a little bit too long, but a really great fun ride. I love this movie. I really do. I'm so surprised, Joe. Like this is the thing I love about movie wallers is that. I can, can never, never predict tell. what you guys are going to think. So, so I must be the only person on the planet who hasn't seen a thousand, uh, 101 Dalmatians growing up or even in adulthood. So I knew little of the story other than the main character, you know, that's been, been played by, you know, Glenn Close and animation and blah, blah, blah. So, so I was kind of coming to this one fresh. I didn't know much about Cruella de Vil other, one, other than she's the, the, you know, archetypal villain. Um, in the movie. I'll say this is an A-plus for effort and originality, but it falls, again, shy of greatness. And I think it's because it doesn't quite hold very well together in terms of the the transformations of those two main Emmas in the story. And so it comes off very flat in the middle. It's got some funny moments, and I love the fashion, and I love the production, and I love the special effects. But in terms of story and feeling empathy or understanding for either one of those characters, I just didn't get there. And I kind of was annoyed by Emma Stone's British accent, um, which just threw me out. Like, I felt like she was overplaying it a little bit. Um, And yeah, I got the same sort of, you know, Devil Wears Prada, the Joker, um, even a bit of Poison Ivy from, you know, those old Batman movies by Uma Thurman. 
I don't know. It didn't. It didn't quite work for me. I enjoyed it in the moment, and it was very visually stimulating, but I couldn't connect with it. I didn't feel for the character, and I felt like we were trying to be taken on this ride where we should understand her transformation into a villain, and I didn't quite get there. Yeah, I mean, I. There's lots I want to say about this movie. I <laughs> I, I came at it like you, Joe, with very very. Uh, low expectations and actually frankly annoyance like you know just stop doing this you know yeah they did Maleficent with uh, Angelina Angelina Jolie uh, you know and then now they're doing this one like is every character in every Disney animated classic going to get their own back movie you know so I was I came at it and this movie just absolutely won me over and I think it won me over purely through the visuals more than anything else and it's just like like a visit through a candy shop. It's yeah. so everything just pops. Everything looks very comic book like. I've seen people talk again and again about how this kind of reminded them of the Joker. I, to me, the Joker was so dark and so nasty. There is not much nastiness here. And I think this is the people who who really have a strong reaction against Cruella. It's on the point that you brought up last is people are like, Disney is just using the Cruella name for a character who, at least the way this movie plays out, you will never be, you know, the the Cruella Deville character in the cartoons and the animated movie who skins dogs to make coats out of them. So, you know, they're like, what is Disney doing? You know, they're just they just randomly made up a story and it has nothing to do with Cruella because blah blah blah. And my thing is you can say the same thing about Star Wars, right? I mean Darth Vader did not start off. He started off as, you know, little... Anakin. Little Anakin. So I think that transformation can happen. But just because I watch Anakin doesn't mean I'm going to hate that saying I don't believe Anakin's going to become Darth Vader. So I don't know. Maybe Disney has a couple more intermediate movies. Cruella 2, Mm. Cruella 3 before she gets really mean and gets to a point where she wants to skin dogs. Oh, I wonder if Cruella is like the word, a play on the word cruel. Yeah, Cruel devil. Okay, sorry. yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I was like, what? Well, what's the matter with you two? You didn't get the cruel. He didn't get the Deville. I didn't no, get the Deville. I didn't, I just... am, I, am I the only brain on the show? Yes, you yes. are the only brain. <laughs> but for me, I'm, I was really able to set that aside, and it never really bothered me that the, uh, what's her name, the Estella to Cruella transformation. Yeah did not reach into full-out evil Cruella mode in this movie. And I'm like, maybe there'll be a second movie where she she does that. I think the problem, the big problem here is that Disney wants to play it both ways. They want to do a movie which is different and fun and, you know, Joker-light, if you will, but they don't want this character to be so nasty. I mean, I don't think... Today, an animated movie would be released where somebody skins dogs, right? right. I mean, and it, it was, you know, it was done very blithely early on. So I think they want to avoid that that real evil aspect of the character and still make this movie. So it kind of you're, you're walking this tightrope where they want you to kind of um, admire and appreciate this character, even though this character is leading to you know somebody very evil. So and I think. In a way, I was thinking maybe they should have just done an R-rated version of this where she does like actually skin dogs or whatever. But I'm thinking this is a Disney product. If they are going to make an R-rated movie, they might as well change their name from Disney to, yeah. I don't know, something else. So I think considering all the constraints, I really admired it. It is so much better than it needs to be. It's so much better. This movie would have made a million bucks because you know parents are going to take their kids to to watch this yeah. or, or or show it in the you know on their Disney Plus channel. But I loved how visually inventive it is. There is a great. I, I've not seen anybody. I was hoping somebody would mention that in the reviews. But there's a great tracking shot about in the first third of the movie where the camera. There's this tall building in London. Uh, it's it's where the fashion empire for Emma Stone's uh, you know Emma Stone's fashion empire exists, and this camera goes through different floors of the building. It follows through it. It comes in from the air and goes on the top floor. Then it goes downstairs. It comes to the second store. It's so inventive. It's a long well it, maybe they use CGI, but it's a long unbroken take. And I was just so blissful. I was like, oh wow! Imagine a Disney movie doing all this you know fun stuff, and then the you know the the 
the whole late 70s mod london scene i didn't yeah. expect that that yeah. was really fun look it's visually it's it is visually stimulating and it's beautiful to look at i think the other annoyance i had is for the first maybe 25 minutes of the movie it's non-stop soundtrack oh There we should talk about the soundtrack we should talk about silence yeah. it's just it's i think i think yazdi or joe one of you've mentioned this in the past it's annoying when the music tells you how, tells you, how you should feel about a certain scene it's like they have no trust in what they're putting out and so that was just exhausting for me because it's it's just it's continuous it's like this background level of noise that doesn't shut shut off at all and it's not just the first 20 minutes it's through the whole well, movie well i figured at least it was I, it seemed like it was at least yeah. for the first 25 minutes like good songs it's good really good soundtrack and i know that disney have released the soundtrack Probably. um separately already but again it was just incessant and not only is it incessant but it's too on the nose right, right. So, and the thing is that disney has the coffers they have so much money that they can buy the copyright well they the even own the music probably some the, of it so yeah so they are able to not just get oh if 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 you know what this would be a great song for this but we'll never get it let's try this other song they were never in that situation every time there was a situation in the movie they just said what great 70s classic would play well here and they just paid the money and probably got it so and it's 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 relentless through the whole movie yeah. there is this soundtrack constantly it did not bother me as much as i thought it would be but i did make a mental note that my god this is relentless and every single time it's a very popular song which is really on the nose with what's going on so yeah. it did it didn't annoy me but it was kind of starting to grate a little bit just yeah. a little bit yeah i i agree i mean i think they um it's it's kind of a running joke in the movie i think that um you almost can tell what's going to happen in the scene by the song that they start to play and you know again i think that's in line with the tone of the movie yeah. and i think that that's it it would have annoyed me ordinarily more other than this whole thing is sticking its tongue out at everyone like you know the whole cruella deville you know it's it's a difficult thing to do i mean i know what you're saying yasdi with the with the whole tone you know r rated versus softer i mean but i think at at the end of the day with this particular franchise a live action version of a comic book character that skins dogs would be horrific correct yeah, yeah, i don't even know right. if i want to yeah. watch it there yeah. is no right. way to exactly. do that's that the other point. than that's what the they dilemma, did right? here so right um you know it works on a cartoon because you can have this you know over the top kind of like oh, you know witchy type character but you know witches and bad guys do horrible things in cartoons that in a live action movie would just not be acceptable so i think it's it is a tricky one but i think they they pulled it off but i think that's a matter of opinion and i think you know ultimately it um it's one where i think the soundtrack was almost for mom and dad Yes. you know and mm, the, and the jokes maybe. and the slapstick yeah. and the fun and the visuals for were, were for the kids because you know the soundtrack was really fun i mean there were some great songs in there and i think there is a lot of visual storytelling like a lot of things like you know now cruella becomes famous nobody actually comes out and says that there is a this movie must have i don't know 29 montages there's so many montages <laughs> and i think you cannot do a montage without a song playing in the background Correct. so i think it kind of fits in with the yeah. general yeah. style and i you know i want to pause for a minute to state the obvious which is how great emma thompson is in this and you know we She's all great. know that she is but her line readings are just exquisite you know just I, i don't know how many different times she tried different ways she tried to say a piece of dialogue and then nailed exactly how to say it mm-hmm. and i think this is why the good i think this is why the good actors get paid to do you know because she's again almost too on the nose i would say somebody, i want to get somebody emma emma thompson like but maybe not emma thompson because she would be an overly obvious choice but being an overly obvious choice she's so good here bingo yeah bingo yeah, right on it yeah. and and the dialogue is i think what is the most reminiscent of devil bears prada because right. it has that carry back Correct. and forth you know carry back and forth back forth back. the whole movie is like a wally between those two characters yeah. so i almost wish there had been more of a sarah paulson 
type character than a, an Emma Thompson who I can't she's a great actress but I can never take her seriously and I wonder if they had kind of used more of a Sarah Paulson a little darker I see it would have been mean, a little yeah. bit darker right because it feels tonally inconsistent kind of like Cruella's hair to me um, but maybe that's <laughs> the point right um, do we want to wind this one up go for it sure yes go Yazdi um, before I wind up, there's one other thing I want to say. Is I think there's a lot of criticism as well. Because like you, Joe, I thought this movie would just come out of the gates roaring and everybody would love it and say, oh my God, finally a clever, visually stunning, you know, Disney backstory movie. But, you know, the, the reviews have been very mixed. And one of the other issues that has been brought up repeatedly is that, you know, who are they fooling by saying that, you know, Cruella is like a punk you know, she, she, has, she has this punk fashion yeah, thing and it's yeah, just yeah. like PG-13 punk and she's not really punk. I know, but again, this director and they are working within the Disney universe. They cannot have her drinking blood or, they could, you know, or, you know, skinning dogs, you know. In fact, there is the one scene in the movie where she wears uh, a coat which looks like it's made out of Dalmatian skin, but then in almost the next scene, they make it very clear that Correct. the three Dalmatians are alive and well, that there's yes. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So I think... I think within the confines that they are in, it's it's a damn good job. Uh, maybe if I had read some reviews before I watched it, I would give it a lower score, but because it just amazed me and I love how it's it's overproduced, it's it's the music is too much, but it just is such a clean, glistening, shiny piece of candy for me. Uh, eight out of ten. Wow. Yes, for sure. Hey, yeah, I, I I found this thing just thoroughly entertaining i mean i was smiling yeah. all the way through it um i was completely spellbound by emma stone in this i think she does she has just the right tone for this character it's playful it's naughty it's evil it's you can understand where she's coming from i just i had so much fun just watching the whole thing play out and i love the henchmen the two guys oh, yeah. um they they had fairly difficult roles to do but they always seem to see something appropriate say and something appropriate they're loyal to. so the whole thing was just was just fun the music worked the, the colors worked the fashion jokes really worked the upstaging of cruella and all of that stuff just totally worked for me so a really stingy eight out of ten but i i love the pants out of this movie and honestly yeah. I, i'm i'm i, I can't see yeah. i can't see myself enjoying an, another movie quite as much as this this year it's so much fun Wow, I yeah. feel like the cruel devilish one then today. Um, for me, it's somewhere between a six and a seven. I'm going to give it a six. I mean, it is a visual delight. I'll give you that. And I think, again, it's very entertaining because it's so stimulating. But it was just very flat in the middle. I think there are some enjoyable moments. It is. Thank you. But it's very flat in the middle. You know, I think they should have tightened it up a little bit. So for me, it's better than average. um, Six out of ten. Yeah. No, thank you. I I, I didn't mean to say that it was too long. It is. That's the only only thing is I could have done with a pair of scissors here and there. But... um, or a good and then what, what's interesting, so I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, and this is one of those where, you know, snooty critics, not looking at Rashmi, um, <laughs> are, are rating it at 74% ah. overall, whereas the audience score is 97%. So people are having fun with this. And I yeah, think and it is fun. That, it that's is all fun. it's there to do. It, it's not trying to be high art. It's just trying to be entertainment. And I think it did that. Yeah. Last word. <laughs> Moving on. In the Heights, then. So, um, Rashmi, you're going to tell no, us you are. about. Oh, I'm going to be doing the In the Heights. Okay. So, um, I'll borrow from. I'll borrow heavily from what it says here on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, this is really kind of a, 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 a movie that comes together from the minds of uh, John M. Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians, the movie a couple of years ago that kind of created much fanfare and joy, and the um, the highly uh, awarded, accoladed, recognized uh, producer, director of, uh, writer of uh, Hamilton, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. So I'll read what it says here, which is essentially the creator of Hamilton, director of Crazy Rich Asians, invite you to the event of the summer where the streets are made of music and the little dreams become big in the Heights. And the Heights there are Washington Heights. Uh, sorry, I had to say that because it's That's a very, good. it's how it's said in the movie. Uh, it's a very, it's, it's kind of a, a love letter to the Hispanic 
um, community that exists within New York. So I'll kind of stop there. Um, actors uh, in this are Anthony Ramos as the uh, Usnavi character, the main guy. We have Melissa Barrera as Vanessa, Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, all various other people. Jimmy Smith, I guess, is the only other one that I, I kind of have a name brand recognition for. But um, guys, what did you think of in the heights so clearly i'm like in a bar humbug mood um for all these movies Uh-oh. today so look i don't have some like, chocolate yes, have some chocolate that's what's going on um i don't really like modern day musicals and so i was a little bit indifferent um about this one as we were going in um i think it's good but there's too much singing and dancing for me and I think you could have easily cut off at least 37 minutes and had a much better movie. I'll stop there and talk more, but um, it's it's okay. It's good. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I should say that I, I have not seen the original Broadway show in the Heights, which was, I believe, Lin-Manuel Miranda's first um, broad, oh, that's Broadway right. show yeah. that, that this movie is based on. Um, I, you know, I normally take notes while I'm while while we are watching a movie, and we did see this in the theater with the full sound and everything. And I just started adding adjectives to it, you know, as I was going, <laughs> as, as I was moving along. So, long, long, <laughs> no, long. These are, <laughs> well, so okay, I will, I, I, I will, I will hand, tackle that right away. Yes, the movie is entirely too long, and I think the problem might be that this is so cherished a property, and Lin Manuel Miranda after Hamilton has probably a lot of weight in Hollywood. Yeah. So I bet he made some kind of deal that you cannot hack away at my at my stage show and you have to kind of carry the whole thing through. I don't know what it was, but it is very long. And I it, it feels long uh, after a certain point. But I think it is exactly what I had expected. I'd seen the trailer and, um, you know, it is loud. It is very tuneful. It's brash. It's joyful. It's very proudly ethnic. You know, there isn't there isn't a, you know, mainstream, you know, white person in the movie. It's 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 it's, it's you know, in, in a very Hispanic neighborhood in New York and all the characters are. And to the studio's great credit, they you know, they did not say, oh, let me just put in, I don't know. Token white man. Not even, but, but let, let me let me just get some famous person in just yeah. to bring the people in. You know, they're all pretty unknown characters with the exception of Jimmy Smith Smith who plays a smaller character but it's also you know energetic it's acrobatic it's very kinetic it's sweaty it's sultry all of those things I thought you know just like um, uh, the movie we were talking about at the start uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 where I always wondered like is the, is the original movie going to be John Krasinski's one great movie and everything else is going to be a dog well no it seems like he's he's a true filmmaker for this one, this is directed by John C. Chu, who yes. directed uh, Crazy Rich yeah, Asians. which was awesome. Which was awesome. And I can see that he has it. He's, he's real. I mean, the, the, the dance numbers are could not be more in energetically picturized. They are really acrobatic. They're, there's color and there's dance. Is there too much of it? Yes, for sure. But... I kind of enjoyed it. I came out of it with a smile on my face. Uh, it is very heartfelt. It does have a glean of saccharin on it. It, it feels just about, about 15, 20% it feels artificial. I wish it was 100% authentic in terms of that connection that you're looking for. But be that as it may, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Okay, Joe, I do not know what you're <laughs> going to think of this one. I don't even want to <laughs> predict. Like, I can't predict what you're going to th- say, say for this one. <laughs> well, I like Crazy Rich Asians. I liked Hamilton. And I like this movie. Okay. So, um, it, it's. It, it was a little frustrating for me in the sense of I didn't really know what the story was. I mean, yeah, I know what the story was, but there was no. There, there was no real plot to it, but this felt like that summer in. 1993 where we had the fun you know like it's that has that yeah, kind of feeling good, to it it's yeah. a very it's a it's a very piece of it's very much a, a love letter to its neighborhood <laughs> a piece of nostalgia something that feels entirely personal um and perhaps partly biographical even though the characters are fictional and blah 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 this is clearly um 
you know, some someone who knows this this it's 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 all about a feeling this movie. It's a little bit too much of a feeling this movie, but that said, it was fabulously entertaining and I never felt bored for one minute. The songs were engaging. Um, you know, the choreograph the choreograph was not, you know, it was visually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um I the, the the scene where they did that kind of dancing on a ceiling, you know, that didn't mm-hmm. work because that felt completely this isn't a magical Yeah, it um, felt out of place, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it wasn't like a Fred Astaire type thing where, you know, things start going. So that there were a couple of things that didn't quite work for me. It felt like a little bit of a hot mess, but it was super fun and it was fun in a way um the, the lyric it was very lyrically clever like mm-hmm. for me i think the, the 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 fact that i can't remember any of the songs but i remember being completely fascinated by how they created rhymes and yeah and like his, jealous rhymes with fellas i would not think that jealous would rhyme with fellas yeah. like these fellas and jealous there but it does it works i'm going to so make that's, people's that's eyes i couldn't even pick that up yesterday <laughs> and i was going to say that's probably sorry go on no, I, 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 I just say you know i'm going to make people's eyes roll here but you know i'm a big fan of um you know eminem and the way that he raps and how lyrically clever his rapping is and i see a lot of that here in um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's stuff I, I loved what he did with Hamilton how how he carried those rhythms and the and the rap and the and the you know the hip-hop kind of sound through everything and here it's it's very Latino but it's a very hybrid hip-hop Latino sound so everything was fun I mean yeah, am I humming the songs today no I couldn't probably tell you any one of them but it, it's fun and it's not greatness though yeah and I think this is probably my annoyance with musicals is that they rely on the songs and the words in the songs to propel the story forward, but you can't hear the words. And so all you get is, you, you know, then you have to have such great actors doing the emotional conveyance of the words in a sense, so you can get the plot of the story. And so this, I, I couldn't understand what they're saying. And so I don't understand what's quite going on. And yeah, you're right. It's a feeling. It's like a montage is what you walk out. And, and sure, I was smiling in the moment when I wasn't worrying about how long it was. And oh my God, here's another tune. And now we're, fo- you know, now we're walking on the side of a building and now there's like, you know, writing on the sides. That was kind of a clever scene, but it, feel, it feels tonally inconsistent then. I was really interested in the story of the two women in the sense of, it had something to say about being an immigrant, right? Being a being an ethnic minority, about one woman who wants to better herself by moving to, you know, downtown versus one who gets the opportunity to go to college to and what yeah. that comes with. So those were really important stories. And I would have loved a movie about that. I like the idea of gentrification and, you know, pricing people out of, not I like that, but I like the fact that it explored gentrification of a neighborhood and and what that does to the community and the way the community works together. Those were really nice messages that just got interrupted with this singing and dancing for me. I sound so miserable. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm just like, I I, I know exactly what you say. I think it might be that the music is so loud along with the fact that that the lyrics are for some tunes are spoken so quickly yes and and the movie is using the songs as shorthand a lot because i i I don't know i haven't seen the original stage play but there are what 14 or 16 main characters in this movie right i mean you get to know like 14 or 15 different people so you cannot afford to just show and not tell so there's a lot of singing where it's like you know, this person, her mom died and whatever, now they're with this with this uncle and this one. So you, you, he's kind of laying out the interconnection between all of these these characters through song. And if you're not keeping in touch, it's like, you know, I mean, it works. It worked for me. I was able to eventually figure things yeah. out. But but yeah, you, you are doing a lot of like, wait a minute. You have to actively listen while, while yes. you're doing the whole thing. And I, again, I think for the length as well as for, like you said, a more focus in the storytelling I think it would have helped if some of the characters might have been excised uh, because it, it did seem like you know there's yeah, a lot it, of characters singing a lot of stuff I mean he, he I know what he's doing he's doing kind of like a treme you know the, the, the HBO show or he's doing like a Sopranos or whatever where he's 
creating this jumble of characters in this particular neighborhood which kind of defines them. So, yeah. But, and again, we've said this many times before, maybe this would be, have been great as a miniseries, right? But to put it all, all of this stuff, all these people, their lives, what happens, their ups and downs, the connections, and there's a lot of political commentary in this in this thing as well. So it, it, it's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah. And, I, and I think the movie and just, it does manage to carry it off, but it is, it is loaded. It's well, heavy. that's the thing. It, it, yeah. it's, it's an, I can't imagine how long the screenplay is. Right. It is a wall of words. Yes. I mean, and there's a lot in those words. And I was able to keep up with it. I, mm. I didn't ever feel kind of left behind. Um, but Rashmi, I think, you know, you were thinking that there was going to be um, you know, more of a story of, of, like you say, the female characters. Yeah. This, this is... I don't think this movie is very, it, it's trying, it's, it's not very feminist at all in its sensibilities. I think it's trying, it's put them in because it, it almost feels like we should have that in there. But I don't think the female characters come off very well at all in this movie. And I think it's, but, almo it's almost a little misogynistic in the way I mean, it looks at the females. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I, I don't. I, I know what you mean. Like, I don't think that that's intentional. I think what is intentional no, it is it's, it's a reflection way. of of culture, right? So, and it's just trying to represent that. I think, but I think the, the characters, at least the, the two, the, their two female leads, their their storylines are somewhat, yeah, they're very interesting, somewhat self yeah. self uh, determining. Yeah, well, we can yeah. talk about it some other time. But I, I, I just thought. You know, gosh, of all the strength that he builds into the Vanessa oh, I see character, what you mean towards the at, end. At the yes, end, yes, yes. it's like, oh, oh okay, you, well, I, you know. I see now. But anyway, I, again, I think it's more of um, his story. I think it feels very autobiographical. I don't know if he's from this neighborhood mm -hmm. or whatever, but he it is, feels yeah. like he's trying to tell the story of how it is growing up, how it was growing up in this time, in this place. Yeah. And what people should care about and the you know, importance of family and community. And, you know, it's, 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 but it, it never really scratches the surface of all of those things. So it's, it's kind of a hot mess. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, I, I, I want to touch on what you said early on, is that I, I don't hate musicals. I like musicals. Some of my favorite movies are musicals, but I don't like musicals where everything is sung. Like, open the door, give me the tea, shake the <laughs> coffee. Have you had breakfast? You know, no, I, I haven't. No, I haven't. So, May so I have some that, now? that really grates me. I, I mean, I'm fine if you have 20 musical numbers, but let people burst into a song when a situation calls for. You cannot make people sing everything. And there's a. I don't know, it's a weird mishmash. And I, again, I think they're just being very, they're maintaining high fidelity with the original stage play, I suspect. But I could have, it just grated me when people were saying, you know, why have you done? Have you taken care? Have you had your medicine, Father? Yeah, welcome like, back. Well, I'm like, oh. I know. So I didn't care I for that, but that's just me. That's no, me. And look, I, like I, I said, I I don't like modern, modern musicals because they seem to um, not be able to do it appropriately, right? It works as a stage play because you go to the stage for a performance. Um, it does for me. It doesn't work on film. I mean, hell, we grew up in with Bollywood movies. You know, we're very used to musical numbers, and I like that. But um, I, I agree with you. Everything doesn't have to be sung. Um, and then it comes up randomly, and then it stops, and then it starts again. And, and it's, yeah, and people do have no normal tune that you people, can. Yeah, people kind do of have normal dialogue as well at other times, right? They just speak. So I'm like, why is this sung? And anyway, yeah, that's just the other thing I want to give the movie credit for is it's 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 uh, and I, again it's the source material I think is it. Um, um, it laughing because he's like I'm so I'm so humble so today. Today. So today. You're like Scrooge McScrooge today. I am Scrooge McScrooge. <laughs> uh, no, what I really liked is that the movie doesn't shy away from the political issues and it kind of takes a yeah. stand. I thought it would kind of just you know there's somebody mentions Dhaka you know in a song and somebody mentions I'm a dreamer, but then it, towards the end of the movie it becomes a pretty one of the major plot lines in the movie and yeah. they see it through. So I'm like you know whoever made it I. The studios might have been like, oh, we don't want to piss off all the Republicans by talking about immigration and all of this. But, you know, they, they do see it through. So good for them on that. And again, the casting is really 
Very good. They they really resisted the temptation. I think uh, I'm sure they must have been pushed to bring in you know bigger name actors into it. So good on them. Okay, shall we wind this one up? I was gonna sing my ending, but I won't. Um, <laughs> this one. Do. <laughs> this one didn't take me to dizzying heights. <laughs> Six nice. out of ten. That was I, impressive. Yes, very Goodness, nice. Where did that come from? <laughs> I think, you, I think you should sing yours too, Yazdi. No way, Jose. <laughs> no, I re- no, I cannot sing. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be laughing. I, I think this movie has its heart in the right place and it has a lot of heart. And hand on heart, I enjoyed the musical numbers, the ones which had the choreography. I mean, at one time, there is, I forget, there's so many musical numbers, but there's one, like it's, it almost is like a proper Busby Berkeley musical with Esther Williams, like all the synchronized swimmers and, you know, it's just... Every- See, and I could predict that one. I was like, oh my God, there's a pool, we're going to have synchronized swimming. I know, but it's, it's just pretty <laughs> to watch. It, it's not easy to do that stuff. So I, you know, and... So I, I, the, the musical numbers are done with a lot of... Uh, energy it's very kinetic it's very colorful and and so forth so it, it's got its heart in the right place i would not mind if somebody online did a illegal you know 90 minute cut of this movie and i, I would watch <laughs> that yeah. uh, it, it it is a little too long but the movie's got its heart in the right place a seven and a half out of ten which i'm going to back down to seven and Anthony, we didn't mention Anthony Ramos, who is the main character. He's lovely to He's watch. He's very likable. Yeah. He has a lovely presence. Yes. And he carries most of the movie. So, yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned yes. that. Joe, are you going to sing yours? I'll wrap it. <gasps> oh, wow. Sometimes these kind of movies make me want to do my head in, but this one didn't do that, so it gets a seven. Very nice, Joe. <laughs> How about that? Huh? Does that work? Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. no, it, it it works. I mean, it, this is a fun this is a fun movie. Um, it's colourful. It I, I I enjoyed being with it. Yeah. I'm glad when it was done, and I can't see myself wanting to see it again. But I mean, it's lyrically really clever, and I like that. I mean, I enjoyed Hamilton for that reason. I know Rashmi, you had a really hard time with I had that. A really hard time with it. And. You know, I love. Yes, he's looking at me really disapprovingly. I loved, I loved Hamilton. Like you know, some of the numbers, just you know, I mean, you know, just the catchy. Yeah, they're, they're, and there are no catchy numbers here, unfortunately. Yeah, but there's nothing. You know, again, maybe it's kind of a. Yeah, it's very much. It's very true to its Latin roots, so it felt a little samey to me because I don't know and understand or appreciate that music. But um, no, it's, it was good. It was. It was fine. It, I mean, parts of the did movie, you give it a score? Oh yeah, you did. Seven. You sung it. Yeah, I wrapped it. You did. Just I, for I know. You. I remembered. I remembered now. <laughs> uh, parts of the movie kind of reminded me of "Do the Right Thing," which was also about you know yeah. a very very hot Correct. day or the events leading to a very very hot yeah. day when tempers kind of flare yes. and things happen. Yeah. Um, I I should also I have a feeling this movie is going to do really well when it opens because I was surprised the movie starts with a. With a number which lasts a long time, I think it's seven, ten minutes long, and then at the end of the number, the credit comes up. It says "In the Heights," and everybody in the theater. We we watched a screening where it was not just the critics; it was like they had other people there. People burst out into applause. Yeah, and then people burst out into applause at the end of the movie as well. And I I don't know, maybe people are just happy to be back in the cinemas, but I did I would not have expected no, it's that. A, it's, so I think, but but it is a crowd pleaser. It's it fundamentally a crowd pleaser. pleaser. And it, it's a good one to go back to the cinema for, yeah. in a sense, right? It's a celebration. It's, it's a fiesta. It's a feel good. I mean, I yeah. wanted to burst into applause too. I mean, yeah. I must admit, I, it, yeah. le- it left me kind yeah. of feeling, fu- you know, warm and fuzzy. So yeah, yeah. So good stuff. I think all, right. all three movies we reviewed are pretty good. Yeah. Summer is here. <laughs> yeah, apart from Grumpy Rashmi today, but yeah. oh well. You can't always be. Scrooge, Scrooge McScrooge. Scrooge. I get the title today. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we will do uh, some Instagram. Uh, we will do. Oh, f- yeah, and we need to recommend movies we've been seeing on the side as yeah. well. Yeah, we have. Next, we've yeah. been doing a lot of kind of movie watching. So. Again, we haven't quite found our groove this year. Think the screening things are starting to step up. I'm hoping that the world, as it comes to open, will, will give us kind of more 
more movies. There's a lot of big things coming up that I'm, I'm reading. A lot of really good series on streaming as well that we've all been watching. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, um, again, thank you. Maybe we can do a streaming, a quick streaming show. Let's do it. Yes. You okay. plan it. We'll do it. Okay. I'll publish it. Okay. Done. <laughs> done and done. Until our next podcast. Podcast. Too many movies, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. And me. And me. And me.